This is a podcast for Functional Ecology, a British Ecological Society publication. Hi everyone, I am very delighted today to welcome Robin Heinen to the podcast. Robin's paper, Folia Herbivory on Plants, creates soil legacy effects that impact future insect herbivore growth via changes in plant community biomass allocation has been nominated for our 2022 Haldane Prize. Now, this is a prize for functional ecology that is awarded to the best research from an early career researcher. And Robin is one of 12 nominees. Robin is a postdoc researcher at the Technical University of Munich in Germany, and his research interests are very varied. So I'm going to just provide a flavor. They include plant-insect interactions, plant-soil interactions, and climatic effects. So hello, Robin, how are you? Hi, Frank. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Well, we'll do some introductions then. Let's start with, uh, you could just tell us about maybe where you're from, where you grew up, um, a little bit about your research interests, and then how you came to study plant community biomass allocation stuff. That's quite a mouthful, huh? So, <laughs> so yeah, my name is Robin Heinen. I'm uh, from the Netherlands, and um, that's also where I performed this study. I'm an ecologist and entomologist, and I well, I'm currently in Germany uh, at the Technical University of Munich, but I used to be, or I performed my PhD at the Netherlands Institute of Ecology, and that's also where this study uh, was performed as uh, part of my PhD. And I typically describe myself as an entomologist. Um, I'm very much into well things that have something to do with insects. So um, for most of my undergraduate career, I've studied um, well, interactions between plants and insects and interactions between insects and their enemies. So that's, that's uh, something that has always been uh, around for me. I came to the, uh, the Netherlands Institute of Ecology as a master student uh, uh, to do an internship. And um, this internship was mostly about uh, plant herbivore interactions and uh, herbivore parasitoid interactions with uh, Jeff Harvey. And um, while doing that, um, we had a lot of synergies and yeah, we, I noticed that this was already something uh, that I liked and that was something I would like to continue in. And um, at the time, uh, I was very much urged to apply for a, a PhD project. And the PhD project was about plant soil feedbacks. And I didn't know what plant soil feedbacks were at the time. So uh, I had to dive deep. And I was like, well, I'm a, more of a plant insect guy. and. I want to do plant insect work. And then they said, well, yeah, this is about plant soil feedbacks and how they affect insects. So in a way, um, it is about plant insect interactions. So soil came in later. Um, I started off knowing nothing about soil. And um, yeah, so that's how I came to study plant soil feedbacks and their effects on insects. And yeah, what's plant soil feedback? Um, you might wonder, and that's a very relevant question, I would say. Um, Plant soil feedback is basically the concept that plants, when they grow in a the soil, they change the soil conditions. And these soil conditions can be abiotic, so um, can be pH or chemistry of the soil, nutrient conditions, uh, or the living surroundings of the soil. And typically we think about uh, microbes and nematodes and the living uh, uh, components of the soil. And these changes that are uh, brought about by plants, they have effects on plants that grow later in the same soil. And as you might have guessed, also have cascading effects that uh, well, affect insects 
or other herbivores that feed on the plants again. So that's basically what I studied in my PhD. And yeah, that's also why I came to, to this or came to study the work that I present in this study. Amazing. Thank you. So just to pull it back a little bit, um, you say you grew up in the Netherlands. Um, were you somewhere that was, you know, where, where there was exposure to nature? Was it, When did that kind of fascination with bugs and creepy crawlies and entomology, where, where did that come from? Yeah, that's, um, it was there early. Uh, it was there from the start, I would say. And uh, well, I'm not sure if you've ever been to the Netherlands. It's not very rich in nature. Lots of it is man-made, but I always uh, felt deep appreciation for anything that was there. So like, I always like to be in the forest. I always like to yeah, look at uh, predominantly the small stuff. So I've always been very fascinated by well, beetles, bugs, and things that, that crawled around. That That's what I liked a lot. And reptiles, but has nothing to do with this study, but I was always very fascinated by reptiles, still am. So yeah, uh, the biologist was in me from a very young age. Okay. And uh, can you let us know what your favorite study organism is? It's, it's rarely ever the, the thing that I'm talking to people about. It's always something different. No, I, I wish I could study snakes, but it's uh, <laughs> it doesn't pay the bills. No, I, um, no I'm, I'm too, too broad for that. I, I love working with plants. I've, I've worked with plants a lot. So that's why also they always take a central part in my studies. And that's both plant-insect interactions and plant-soil interactions, they both involve plants. So uh, in that sense, any plant will do. <laughs> I like it. Right, so let's uh, let's jump into the paper. Um, can you, in plain terms, explain the novelty of your paper and what it contributes to our understanding of plant-soil feedbacks and that type of thing? Yeah, so this, this paper had a couple of goals, and uh, it was mostly to understand how insect herbivores uh, would change the plant soil feedback effect. Plant soil feedback effect can go two ways. Uh, basically, it can affect insects uh, that, that feed on the, well, the, the, the feedback plant, so to say the response plant. But insects can also affect this process by feeding on the conditioning plant, the plant that changes the soil. So I had already studied the effects of the plant soil feedback on insects and I knew about that so that was not exactly novel to me but what was fairly well poorly understood I would say is how insect herbivores change uh, this plant soil feedback effect by feeding on the plant that changes the soil. Now I had a bachelor student under my supervision at the time and he was actually interested in plant insect interactions as well and one of the well background uh, informations I wanted to have is for the plant uh, species that I studied uh, to understand how the herbivores that I used in my studies typically performed on these different species. And I was working with 24 species, plant species, and two herbivore species. And what he did for his uh, bachelor thesis was he grew all plant species uh, either without herbivores or with the herbivores of the two different species. Um, and at the time, I didn't even think about going further than that. I was just interested in knowing how these herbivores performed, how well they grew on these different plant species. Now, he had finished this, this work, say, uh, it was an experiment of about, uh, I think, six to eight weeks, if I remember correctly, uh, in 2017. And more or less around the time that he was finishing up, a master student cont contacted me that she and she wanted to do... Uh, well, a thesis with me uh, under my supervision and she wanted to study plant soil feedback effects. So that was actually a perfect 
deal for me because usually you have to wait a long time in plant soil feedback studies for conditioning of the soil, that which usually takes about eight weeks to 12 weeks. So it was a perfect situation because she could basically take over the experiment uh, from the bachelor student and continue with it and start her own student with those conditioned soils. And then the question became, how do these herbivores on the plant change the soil effect on future plants? So that's where it, where it uh, came from, really. Uh, and, and what was novel about it is that we, well, there had been some studies looking at effects of herbivory on, on plant soil effects, uh, but this was all limited to one study system, uh, uh, Jacobea vulgaris or ragwort. And we didn't know much about anything else, to be honest. So here I had this set of um, 20 plant species where I had herbivore data. It turned out that only on 10 plant species, the herbivores actually did fairly well. Uh, and these 10 plant species became the plant species of this study. And one and one uh, became this study. So it was actually a very nice way to uh, combine two student projects and uh, it became an extra side project that way for uh, my PhD. Fantastic. And can you talk us through perhaps some of the key takeaways, some of the, you know, if you were going to sell this as a press release to someone to talk about it in the news, what, what would be the, you know, the, the tasty morsels of information? Yeah, um, I would start off by saying it's quite complex. Um, mm -hmm. There's, um, well, one typical thing that I found was that herbivory uh, does have some effects below ground. Um, so we found uh, effects of uh, herbivory on the plant on the activity of the microbes in the soil. Uh, so that was one thing. And these changes in soils, they brought about changes in the plant-insect interactions in, in the second phase of the experiment. So what was interesting about that is that these two different herbivore species that I tested for had different uh, effects on the uh, insect herbivores in this uh, response phase. That's something that I, I was personally very surprised by because these, these are very closely related herbivores. They're both uh, owlet moths, uh, larvae of owlet moths, and very closely related. And typically you expect very similar um, insects to well, bring about very uh, similar effects. And that was not the case. Uh, so that was one thing. Uh, we did see that herbivory led to changes in the soil that affected plant-insect interactions uh, in the feedback phase or the response phase. Now, another thing that was very new to me is that these changes seem to be driven by the allocation of biomass uh, to above and below ground parts, so to shoots and roots, in this response community. And that was, that seemed to be directly and indirectly affected by herbivory in this first phase, in the conditioning phase. And that was something that was completely new to me. So it seemed that if there's herbivores around, plants can respond to this by either shifting their, uh, their biomass below ground to the roots or the other way around to shift it uh, all the way to the shoots. This seems to be a response they can have to the soil and to the well, the legacy effect or the yeah, this imprint of herbivory in the soil. And that was a pretty new finding, what that I really had to wrap my head around. Uh, so that would be the takeaway that this uh, the plants can respond to what they can sort of sense what is going on in the soil, what was the history of herbivory in the soil, and respond to this by either uh, shifting their biomass towards shoots or towards roots, depending on what the situation might ask for. Wow, that's, yeah, 
Remarkable. Um, okay, well, um, complex. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the future then. Uh, personally, for you, and also, you know, your about your research interests and where you'd like to sort of develop yourself towards, but also the future with regards to the field and what what changes you hope your paper will precipitate perhaps some you know you, i know you mentioned before doing some sort of climate change ecology before we started recording this podcast are there implications from the paper that can be applied towards these plant soil feedbacks or anything like that you can think of so it's two questions in one there um yes uh, i think so um well, first of all, I, since finishing my PhD, I moved to Germany. So with my new position here as a research associate, uh, postdoctoral research associate, I've also had to take up new projects and new tasks and everything. So unfortunately, the direction of the research has been, has steered away from, from uh, this type of work a little bit. I do try to keep involved with the plant soil feedback work a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, I don't have any active follow-up on this particular paper. I think it would be very interesting to do. And um, it's something I uh, would definitely be interested in, uh, inter- interested in talking about to people and well, setting up with people. Because what I think is important to, to understand here is um, what does it all mean in like a natural setting? Um, we do find all these... Um, complex patterns in pot studies. This was all done in pots. Um, but what I'm wondering is like, how much of an effect would a natural herbivore community have on these kind of effects in natural plant communities? So that would be quite a complex setting and set up to, um, to generate in field experiments. But I think it would be interesting to, uh, to think about in the future. And maybe some people are already working on it. Um, I'm not aware of it, to be honest. So that would be something that I think would be cool to do uh, based on this paper. My own research where that's headed now is uh, mostly, and that still has some parallels or links to this, uh, is I, I do study, as you said, uh, uh, global change drivers. And I've done some work with extreme events, uh, extreme temperature and uh, different precipitation levels, for instance, and, and study how plant soil insect interactions uh, operate in these different climatic effects. Um, or climatic conditions. So that's still something I'm working on. And uh, something that I'm even more strongly working on at the moment is uh, the effects of artificial light at night. So artificial light at night is one of the uh, sort of underrated or underestimated uh, polluters in in the world. And uh, well, artificial light at night is continuously growing and expanding in terrestrial ecosystems. And we know very little about what it actually does. So um, I'm trying to find out and understand a little bit how artificial light at night uh, affects plant physiology and plant insect ecology. So I've uh, done several studies uh, on that here here in uh, in Munich. And I'm also now, I've just finished an experiment that where I studied the effects of artificial light at night on uh, plant cell feedback. So um, there is still some plant cell feedback in my current research. and then linking to artificial light at night. The data is still in the pipeline, so I cannot say much, but hopefully in the next six months or so, I will be able to tell you more. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to try and squeeze something out of you there, but you're you're (laughs) tight-lipped. Sorry. Um, Okay, well, uh, 
Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I wish you the best of luck with all of that. Um, I'm sure it'll be it'll be fascinating to read about when it comes out. So just as we sort of come towards the end of this podcast, I was wondering if there's anyone you'd like to give a shout out to, people or groups that have helped you along the way. Yeah, I, I've already mentioned a couple of names or a couple of people, and I think they, they deserve a specific mention here. This was this this study was a real group effort, and I, it was done in the, uh, the group of Martin Baseman, uh, who was my uh, main supervisor at the time. He gave me the freedom to basically developed this, this project alone without, um, without any hurdles along the way. So it was very nice to, to be given that independence and freedom. And of course, I have to thank uh, the students, uh, particularly uh, Jetske Hedes de Vries, who was also a co-author on the paper, who executed everything very smoothly. And well, then two other people that were very uh, influential here um, were Katja Steinauer, who helped me with uh, measuring the microbial respiration in the soil, and uh, Mehdi Takur, who was very uh, important in running some of these uh, path models that were part of the paper. So he was very important for that. So yeah, I wrote up the paper, but none of the work was done by me alone. So it was very much a group effort. I love doing it. Fantastic. Yeah. Love collaboration. Um, you know, I'm, well, I was mainly thinking, um, you know, in, in terms of, because like you said before, that there's, you didn't think that there would be much crossover between the plant soil feedback stuff and the plant insect sort of interactions. And do you see an opportunity here for kind of synthesis and for collaboration with lots of different sort of disciplines or people, you know, because if you didn't realize you're a very smart man, <laughs> I'm sure other people don't as well. Oh, yes. I mean, that's basically what we're trying to do in, in science and ecology all the time, right? So trying to mm-hmm. link new previously unlinked things, but uh, what it generally uh, results in more complexity. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, we will have a lot to find out in the future. And um, yeah, there's a lot more to discover about how how these things actually operate. Um, I mean, we, I barely scratched the surface in this study. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I imagine with the artificial light, you know, there's all sorts of different sort of disciplines and people working in a variety of fields that you can sort of try to rely on or contact. And But yeah, anyway, well, uh, we'll wrap up just by... Well, yes, you've been nominated for the 2022 Haldane Prize. Um, I'm just asking how it feels. I imagine good, um, but I don't want to take your answer away. And, uh, you know, your thoughts about the prize and what it does for sort of spotlighting the work of early career researchers. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you already stole my answer there. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It felt very, very good. Um, I I remember seeing this, uh, this prize uh, in previous years and it, it's always nice because people notice right so i i would well i had never expected that my work would be selected for it because this study um i wrote it up two years before i submitted it and i was just not sure about it and i was like this is not even good enough to submit uh, to to functional ecology so i, I was it's not good for, good enough for that and and then it gets selected for this prize so i'm yeah very humbled by this it's, it's a beautiful thing and i like um, the fact that well, the BES actually um, showcases work by early career researchers. Uh, that's a very nice, very nice thing. Wonderful. Right. So just to wrap up, um, I'll let our listeners know that uh, links to the paper um, and Robin's plain language summary will be available in the description. 
Um, and yeah, I'd just like to say thank you so much, Robin, for your time and best of luck with both the future, but also with the nomination as, you know, the, the scoring's not been done yet. So it's anybody's to win at the moment. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Frank. Thanks, Robin. Cheers. Cheers.